Wow. Um, you know, Pete's kind of emotional this morning. I was kind of uh, in the, we have a little pre-service for the volunteers and stuff. Kind of felt the same way, you know. Um, for, for me, <clears throat> I've been away for, you know, we were uh, actually out of town this last week. The week before that, I was uh, speaking at uh, Melvin's church. You guys enjoy Melvin, by the way, a couple weeks ago? <clears throat> Golly, that dude's awesome, man. And so was, uh, we have this what's called what if the church pastor exchange. And I've been kind of feeling your emotion there, Pete. Man, it's just, it's great to be back, man. This is a, man, I just feel like every time we gather together, we're, we're like, it's like a family freaking reunion, you know? Am I, am I just the only one or am I just a little crazy? Okay, don't, don't answer that. You're crazy. I know you guys are So that's how family treats each other, right? Brothers and sisters are supposed to give each other a, a, a very hard time. But this is an amazing, it's an incredible thing that God is doing in our church, Amen. Guys, here in a few minutes, we've got, and, and this is almost like hard for me to, to fathom, because what, if you guys don't know, we were a church here that about a year ago had seven people in it, and it had the previous five years, maybe a couple of baptisms. And today, we're going to have five people getting baptized in our church today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, for real. This is, this is nuts, all right? And, and so for us to, to be, you know, just in all of what God is doing, guys, this is all God's stuff, man. This is no talent, no ability, no anything like that. The Holy Spirit is just doing his thing. And I love it. And I love to watch it. It's, 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 like, it's like just being a part of it going, holy smoke, this is incredible. I mean, we've got a full house today. This is, this is beautiful to be a part of. It's fun to be a part of, to see people actually coming to know the Lord. And guys, if you don't know, my name is Casey. I, I, I'm just glad to be back, man. I'm just one of the pastors here. He's one of the guys serving, man. It, 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 we're, just, we're just all part of this, this great thing that God is doing in, in, our, in our church. And, and I just thank you guys for, for what your prayers and your, man, your just enthusiasm for what's going on here. It's, it, it's remarkable. And I know guys like Richard and Nancy and Helen and Leota and Sherry and folks like that are just kind of sometimes step. Those were the seven that were left, or the seven or so left. And David and Irene, I don't see them here, but man, they, 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 I think sometimes they just got to be going, this is nuts, oh. Because we're part of, it's not just that we're, we're a revived church. We're part of a, a church body that, that goes across the world. Right? We're a local manifestation of the global body believe, of believers, if you will. And so, so what we're doing, this is like the third week of, the, of the, what's called What If the Church. And what if the church, we're talking about what if the church uh, believed, right? Which we'll talk about today, prayed and served together. Not, not as a separate entity, like that church is down the road, they have nothing to do with us. That church is down the road, they have nothing to do with us. We're this church, we're our own little world here, so we do our own thing in our own way, that kind of thing. We actually love other churches, worship with other churches, pray with other churches, serve with other churches, and believe with other churches. Amen? That's how we do, that's how we roll here at New City, man. Now, I, I know that some people are like, I want to come here and that kind of thing, and I want to go there, and I, I like that church better than this church, I like this church better than that church. That's not even about that, guys. It's where God has laid on you to be. And so uh, for us, it is, it is not about us in this little local body of believers here doing our own thing. We are out in the world doing our own thing. When we're like, hey, we'll partner with the Methodists, we'll partner with anybody else that, that, that believes in, in Jesus and loves to see other people come to know him. 
That's what we do. Because why? Because the question that we're answering is, what if the church believed, prayed, and served together? Right? If you're filling out your blanks and everything, you can fill some of these things out. But that's the important thing we've got to understand. We, we have to believe, pray, and serve together. And that's why Melbourne was here a couple weeks ago. That's why I was at his place a couple weeks ago. And that's why I'm like so glad to be here and almost emotional. Pete, I can't talk either, bro. It's kind of, you can kind of tell it's, it's tough for me. Because I just, I forget sometimes, man, being away from our church, I forget how special sometimes it is. I mean, the, the, man, the worship this morning blew me away. Man, the, the fellowship this morning, just talking to people this morning is blowing me away. I missed it so bad. See, because I want people coming into our church not because we want to grow an organization. You guys know our vision is not to, to, to build a massive church on one piece of property. This property may grow. This church may grow. I'm not telling you, but that's not our vision. Our vision is to, to plant churches all over the Kansas City area or wherever God takes us. And so our vision is not to say, hey, let's, let's get one church where everybody comes to, right? Nothing wrong with that. But our vision is just different. Our vision is to cast a wide net because we want to see people genuinely believing in the Lord. We want people genuinely reach for the Lord. We want people genuinely, truly reach in, in all these different areas. The gospel to be preached throughout Kansas City, throughout Kansas, throughout Missouri, throughout the world. That's our vision. Because genuine belief if we can help people understand and believe, have a genuine belief, not just a, 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 an acknowledgement of God, yeah, I believe in God, yeah, I believe in, in, in Christ, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian, that kind of, I'm talking about a genuine foundational belief that man, he is, he is absolutely, totally, completely through you. It will spark a spiritual revolution. And, and some people have criticized me, criticized me for saying revolution, like we need to have a, a spiritual upheaval and, and, and a spiritual uh, war and a spiritual dominance. Um, I'm saying, uh, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. All right? People have criticized. Oh, don't say revolution. Yeah, we need to say revolution. Why? Because, the, say, frankly, the devil has a stronghold on friends of mine. Frankly, the devil has a stronghold on people that, that, that don't even have a... They, don't, they may not even know he has a stronghold on them. But, but he does. And we're at war. And you know, if you, if you remember a couple of a couple of months ago, I kind of gave you part of my testimony was that I was in church for a little while. My wife and I had gone, had decided to grow Morgan up in church, and that was a little bit of resistance for me because I was like, I don't really want to go, but if they'll watch our kid for free, that, then I'll I'll take her. That's why Kid City, man, right? <laughs> right, Kid City, Audra is awesome downstairs, and if it wasn't for a program like that, I probably would have never stepped in. Judy probably would have talked me into it. So after a few years, I started thinking, am I just wasting my time? Am I just sort of just going to church and doing the Christian thing because satisfying my wife and bringing up, I mean, it's good morals and good teachings and things like that. It's not, not too bad, but is it really a waste of time? About 14 years ago, I finally hit a breaking point. I said, I've got to find out for myself because I don't want to waste time. And so I, I went through a study of all the different religions, and I wasn't trying to even study what they believed. I didn't care. I didn't care what Christians believe. I didn't care what Muslims believe. I didn't care what Buddhists believe. I didn't care. 
what I was trying to find was evidence of God in any of these things. And what I found was there was absolutely no evidence of God in, in, in Buddhism or Islam or anything like that. And I know people are like, oh, man, he's, he's talking trash. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm really not. What I'm saying is that I'm trying to build up the fact that there is mountains and mountains of evidence for what we believe. Not, not only, not only is there, is there incredible evidence for the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but there's also great credible evidence of, 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 of the validity of our scriptures. There's incredible evidence of, of, of miraculous fulfillment of hundreds of prophecies that Jesus fulfilled from the Old Testament. Guys, this is remarkable. And once I found this out, like it was impossible for him to fulfill all the prophecies, that the Bible was legitimate, that it was historically accurate, and if that wasn't good enough, he actually rose from the dead, and people were willing to go and die for him. I said, i got to go tell everybody. Why am I sitting here not telling everybody, right? I mean, this belief, all of a sudden, it snapped for me, man. It just flipped the switch. And I was believing. I wasn't just a Christian, man. I was a believer. I was a Bible-thumping Jesus freak from that point on, right? And that's what we've got to be. I See, here's, here's the thing. All these scholars and all these people and all these different folks will say all kinds of different things about, well, maybe this is not right in the Bible. Maybe this isn't right about Jesus. But none of them were able to die and rise from the grave, okay? I'm just saying, Jesus did something, and I'm going to believe that cat, right? And so that same kind of just, just belief, these guys that saw him, guys like Paul and Timothy in Acts 16, saw this guy rise from the dead. They saw him arisen. They walked with him, right? So in, in Acts 16, let me set the stage for us here. You got Paul and Silas, and they're, and they're actually going through a place called Macedonia, right? And they, they meet up with this lady called Lydia. If you like punk rock music, uh, you know, uh, uh, Queen's Club has a song called Lydia, right? I got one guy that knows it. We're the only two, I think, brother. If you like punk rock at all, it's, it's, it's a good, good way to worship. It's just one of those things. But yeah, they got a song called Lydia. It's about this whole thing, right? So cool. So cool. At least I got one. I got one. I thought you liked rap music. I like punk rock, too. Okay. I'm a weirdo. Hey, you guys know I'm weird. You keep coming back. So, so they're going through this town, and they're... And they're, and they're witnessing to people and they meet up with Lydia and they do all these things and they come across this young lady who is possessed right and they come across her and she's she's able to like tell and predict futures and there's a couple of guys that will basically own her and they're making a lot of money off of her right and so what they do they come and they and she starts saying hey these guys know the one true God hey these guys are the one that right so she's she, she has this the spirit, right, who, can, who understands what's going on. And so they start telling, she starts expressing this to people. And then, she, then they come up to her and they, they heal her of this demon. And all of a sudden, her guys that are own her are really upset at this point. They're like, oh, wait, wait. These Christian guys just took away our ability to make. Therefore, uh, we need to start trumping up some charges. So listen to what they say, in, starting in verse 19. You can follow it up here. You can follow it in your... Uh, in your Bibles, if you want to open up your apps, we're using the NET version. Should have in your bulletins as well. Starting in verse 19, it says, But when her owners saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. When they had brought them before the magistrates, they said, These men 
are throwing our city into confusion. They are Jews and are advocating customs that are not lawful for us to accept or practice since we are Romans. The crowd joined the attack against them, and the magistrates tore the clothes off Paul and Silas and and ordered them to be beaten with rods. After they had beaten them severely, they threw them into prison and commanded the jailer to guard them securely. Receiving such orders, he threw them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. Now, these guys had to go through a great deal of, of grief for the belief in what they were doing, for the belief in Jesus, for their belief in their mission, right? They had to go there. They got beaten. They got stripped naked, you know, got paraded through the town and thrown into jail. Verse 25. said, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. <laughs> Are you kidding me, <laughs> Right? I mean, they just got the snot beat out of them. They just got trance naked through the town. They got thrown into jails and put in shackles. And here they are praying and singing hymns to God. Man, how many of us, if we got a bill overdue, are no longer praying, singing hymns to God? These guys had everything taken from them. Their freedom, their dignity, everything taken from them. And listen, they're singing hymns to who? God, and I'm talking about the hymn books that, that churches still fight about today. I'm talking about hymns from the Bible, right? Hymns from songs that they were singing at the time, man. And, and, and listen to what that, And the rest of the prisoners were what? Listening to them. They weren't going in there, shut up, we're trying to sleep, right? Man, there was a hope that they had. There was a hope that these guys had that, that those other guys didn't have. It's like, wait a minute, you guys are not in there complaining? We're all in prison, and you guys are not, not complaining about your fate. You're not whining to people about your hunger. You're not whining to people about your hurt. You're not whining to people about your falsely imprisoned like the rest of us, right? You're saying, singing hymns to God and praying. And they were listening. Verse 26, suddenly a great earthquake occurred. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken immediately. All the doors flew open and the bonds of all the prisoners came loose. When the jailer woke up and saw the doors of the prison standing open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself. Now let me help us understand why he would do that because he was probably going to get pretty severely beaten, if not killed, for letting these guys escape. Because he assumed the prisoners had escaped. Now listen, the doors of the jail were open. There was a, I mean, there's, there's like a, I mean, most prisoners, what? Jailbreak. Woo, let's get out of here, man. Go ransack the city, right? We're free. Listen to what happens next. But Paul called out loudly. Do not harm yourself. For we are all, where? We didn't leave, guys. He actually helped the jailer spare his life. He said, come on, Silas, man, look what God's done for us. Hey, prisoners, let's all go, right? He said, we're all here. Calling for lights, the jailer rushed in and fell down, trembling at the feet. Amazing. Paul and Silas. Then he brought them outside and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? I think Jesus was asked this question 
as well by the rich young ruler, but he wasn't asking it in a form of humility and submissiveness and, and, and a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. The guy that was asking Jesus the same question was going, hey, Jesus, I've done all these things from birth, man. What do I really need to do? Just talk to me about what I need to be saved. Here's a guy who was, well, I mean, could have lost everything, including his life, saying, guys, what do I got to do to be like you? What do I got to do to be saved the way you guys are? Not, not saved like, like the, the, the people that are all religious and feel like they know it all and that kind of thing. I'm talking about, man, your, your faith is real. We were all listening to you. And then you're not even going to let me lose my life. You're not even going to run out of the jail. You're going to stay in here. I need a God like that. Amen? This is incredible. They replied, what? Circle believe in your Bibles, in your bulletins. Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be what? You and your whole household. We have a mom who's going to baptize her kids today, man. Right? And they spoke the word of the Lord to him, along with all those who were in his house, that the, at the hour of the night he took them and washed their wounds then he and all his family were baptized right away so most of the time baptisms were in the bible were happened immediately i know culturally speaking we want to have family and that kind of thing but this was a death sentence for a lot of people when they were taking this stand guys this is you had to really believe what you were doing in order to go from the hunters to the to the hunted like paul did and silas did and a lot of these guys did so as a result of their obedience as a result of their submissiveness as a result of paul and silas's example and witness a jailer who was persecuting them guys suddenly becomes saved incredible incredible at that hour he was baptized the jailer brought them into his house and set food before them and he rejoiced greatly that he had come to believe in God. And this is not just a belief about God. And not just a belief who God is. It's not just a belief about Jesus. It's not just a belief about Christians. It's not just a belief about being a Baptist or a Methodist or a Pentecostal or whatever you belief about any of that stuff. It's not a belief about denominations. It's not a belief about traditions. It's not a belief about practices. It's not a belief about because my mama was or my daddy was or my cousin was. It's a belief because he is. He is. <sighs> Together with his entire household. At daybreak, the magistrates sent their police officers saying, release those men. The jailer reported these words to Paul, saying, the magistrates have sent orders to release you, so come out now and go in peace. But Paul said to the police officers, they had, had us beaten in public without a proper trial. Even though we are Roman citizens, uh-oh, they didn't know that, right? And they threw us into prison, and now they want us to send us away secretly? Absolutely not. We're going to put our embarrassment and our shame out for everybody to see. Why? Because this God is going to be seen. They were frightened when they heard Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, and they came and apologized to them. And after they brought them out, they asked them repeatedly to leave the city. So when they came out of the prison, 
they entered Lydia's house. And they saw the brothers, they encouraged them, and then departed. They were on mission. And guys, we're going to finish here in a little bit. But I want to encourage us in a few things here. That when we're living, believing, and again, man, not just acknowledging, yep, I think it's James that says even the demons believe there's one God good, right? What's the difference between us and Satan if we just believe like, they, like he does, right? I'm talking about a genuine belief that we will put our faith and our trust and our life and our families and our health and our finances completely on Jesus. Totally and completely, thoroughly on him. Guys, if we don't do that, we're really not believers in this sense. We're believers in essentially information about, not about the heart. Because we must, in order for this revolution to happen, we must live with boldness. Must live with boldness, guys. I'm not talking about going around and telling people they're in sin and going straight to hell and that kind of thing. I'm not talking about, man, that this God is so great. That we get to go to heaven. That's one of the things I experienced this week. I experienced some great beauty that our country has. And I kept going, but it's awesome, but I'm still frustrated by traffic, right? It's awesome to see the mountains and the oceans and the flowers and these, I mean, birds of paradise things that are like this. What the heck? I've never seen anything like that. Beautiful stuff. But it's nothing compared to what is coming for us as, as believers, amen? Think about that. And we don't have to get frustrated with traffic. I mean, it's not, you know, it's amazing to me how many times we go, hey, I want to save you from the pits of hell, right? I want you to be, uh, be uh, rescued from that. That we do. But how many times have we just pointed to what heaven is really like, according to the scriptures? No pain, no stress, no sickness, no bills, hello, hallelujah, right? No worried about our families. No worried about what our kids are going to do. No worried about anything like that. No worried about treated the way we, we want to be treated. Nothing like that, man. It's all about pointing other people to the heaven. It's not about just saving them from hell. Hey, guess what? We get to go to heaven and experience that. You catch it? It's incredible. It's incredible. People around us are always watching and listening to what we do and what we say. Others are listening for what words we say and, and, and what song we sing when life is, is tough. And for, uh, for a lot of us, life is okay. Life is pretty good, man. Preacher, man, I don't know. I'm, I'm doing all right. But for a lot of us, we're having some issues. We all are, right? And we as a family are going to help each other through those issues. That's what we do. And we're a new church, and I get that. We're learning how to do that. But I want to Go to First First uh, Peter three fifteen. Right, but set apart Christ as Lord in your hearts, and always be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks you about the hope you possess. See, if our hope looks like the rest of the world's hope, they're not going to ask. Amen. We must. Speak with boldness. Now I'm going to leave you with this. See, because he says, Acts 16, he says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they reply, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. He didn't say, Well, as long as you're a good person, right? 
He'd say, well, you know, as long as you're sincere about what you believe and as long as you treat your family right and as long as you're a good steward of the economy and a good steward of your resources and as long as you're, you know, doing this and doing that and everything like that, as long as you do this and do that, as long as you're you know, a good person and basically you do more good than bad or anything like that. He said they were bold. They weren't worried about whether he was going to be offended or not. They said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. See, we must stand with boldness. Just like Ephesians said, we've got to take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to stand your ground on the evil day and having done everything to stand. We've got to understand too that it's going to be frightening and fearful sometimes. There are going to be waves that come our way that you're like, whoa, God. But God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and self-control. See, when we're afraid to take a stand for Christ, we have a, we have a choice. We can give in to our natural fear, or we can give in to God's supernatural power and love and right thinking. Amen? Guys, this is an important thing. We are very, very, very much discipling in our culture. There's no doubt about that. We're very much getting people that are already saved and already uh, responsible into truly understanding what it means to, to be obedient to the Lord. We, we are very, that's our, that's our culture. But we are also very emphatic about people being reached for the gospel. But that doesn't come with a, a mission initiative. It comes with each one of us in each of our neighborhoods in each of our workplaces, in each of our being bold, singing hymns to the Lord. I mean, I'm not talking about just singing. I'm talking about, man, man, that you are, you are just singing to the Lord. That, that when, when everybody else at your workplace is like freaking out over stuff, you're like, oh, man, God is so good. Like, what is wrong with you, bro? What's wrong with me is that I'm right with the Lord, right? And that's how, it, that's how we roll. That's how we evangelize through this. And guys, we point people to heaven. We point people to the source. We point people to the truth. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you for today. Wow. You're incredible. Lord, we're going to be singing this song, and in the midst of this song, we're going to have five people that have made that declaration of belief in you. We have some younger, some older, all new creations in you, essentially the same age. What I'm amazed at, Lord, is that in our day and time when so many people are saying things like, ah, being a Christian means you're stupid. Being a Christian means you're not intellectual. Being a Christian means you're, you're, you don't have what it takes to, to make it in the, in the intellectual world, if you will. That there are people that are willing to step up and say, I don't care because I'm going to believe a risen Christ over some talking head or a PhD or anybody else that's going to de defy who God really is. And God, we thank you so much for every, all this. We thank you for the belief and the proof that you've given us, that we don't have to just step out in ignorance. 
we can truly step out in a, a genuine belief that is rooted in you. It's in your son's amazing, awesome name. We all pray. All New City Church says, Amen.